0: You know you, you get into a kind of a routine in a church and oh it's time to preach now and you know because now the music worship's done and gosh I was just walking around and every I touched about you know put my hand on two or three people or three or four or five people and they're just tears and and uh the stress and I uh just felt that was important for us to do I'll just shorten this a little bit in another way um Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What a great verse, even without the context of what we'll be talking about. Let me read that again. The Lord is my helper. I can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? when i was young when I was younger i had uh, I had two hamsters, Benji and Marilyn and uh, I, li- I really liked those hamsters and i, I you know I had to, they, my hamsters live in a habit trail. anybody remember what a habit trail is yeah you got a habit trail you had two things when you were younger you had that one bowl with the little thing with the little fake uh, the little fake um, palm tree with for your turtle that died every three or four months that so you got in there. Now they have salmonella, so you can't have them anymore. But you killed many turtles in that little bowl that you put them in, right? That was number one. Um, and number two, you had a habit trail. Now My hamsters had a habit trail, and I, I had that little ball that I would put them in. They'd roll back and forth, not really get anywhere, but they'd, they'd be really working at it. They wouldn't go many places, but they'd really work at it. And then I had that wheel. Remember the wheel you put in there? And they get on that wheel and they would run on that wheel and they would work so hard they would work, they would work themselves to pieces, and they wouldn't get anywhere. I'll tell you what, I learned that hamsters aren't too bright. Okay? They're just not. They're not too bright. They get on the wheel, they get on the wheel, they get on the wheel, they go, 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 go. This morning I want to start a new series, a three week series called The Simple Life. The Simple Life. I was talking to so many of you, and I realized, even before this morning, obviously. That uh, that you know, people are stressed out. People are stressed out in our culture. Things are things are difficult right now. They're stressed out, and some of you are running like crazy. You're just going, going, going. But you you're asking, I'm not sure why. You're saying to yourself, I'm not sure why I'm doing this or where it's getting me. I mean, I'm running like crazy. I'm on this wheel in a sense, but I, I'm not sure why I'm doing. it I'm not sure where where it's getting me, and. Some of, some of us, some, I, a lot of people are just saying, you know, hey, stop the world. I want to get off. I mean, this is, this is just so, I'm getting so overwhelmed by all this stuff that's going on in my life and all that's being put on me and all the pressures and all the stresses. Just stop the world. I would like to get off for a little while and just take a break. I've also noticed a lot of people are stressed because they've lost their jobs or they can't find a job. And I spend literally at least once a week, someone comes and tells me, I can't find a job or I've lost my job. Is there, you know anyone? Do you know any? And honestly, if you, you have a job available, if you're at your work or whatever, if you own a business, let me know, okay? Because I get, I get people all the time, you know, and they're stressed out about this. And then I also notice that people who are working are stressed out because what three people used to do, now one person is doing. And they expect you to keep up that pace, they hired three people two or three or four or five years ago to do that. It was a whole group of people in your, in your little section. Now there's you and the other guy sitting by in his cubicle, and they're expecting you to do the, the work of five or six people, two of you, or one of you to do the work of two or three people. And so people who are, have jobs are stressed out because they have to keep up. You want to keep your job. And now no one wants to hear any excuses. You know, Don't give me excuses. Just give me results. Because a lot of people out there like your job, and so people are stressed out. There's people who are just going through all kinds of frustration. We all talk about the simple life, you know, and we know it's great, and we talk about a simple life, but it's hard to live a simple life. It is difficult. You know, we t- you, know you say, well, if you just slow down and cut back. This is extremely difficult. Last week we said we're talking about this, why these branches are here, going out on a limb. I left them here because what we're going to talk about this morning if you will try to att- you ach- you attempt to do this, you're going out on a limb. It's not easy. Slowing down, simplifying your life is not easy. Doris Longacre wrote this: "The trouble with simple living is that though it can be joyful, rich, and creative, <laughs> it isn't simple. It isn't." It's all those things, it's all that we would want it to be. But I mean, how many times do you watch TV and you see the, the Amish or whatever on their little carts and you think, man, I wanna go live with them. You know what I mean? Turn, Take my lights away, take my whatever away. I just wanna, even if you go go vacation with some Amish people for about a month, you know what I mean? And just live. I'm sure they're stressed out, too. They're talk, their pastor's probably talking about the same thing. Slow down. You're in your car. So you're going a little too fast. You know what I mean? I see you speeding to church. You know what I mean? I'm for sure I'm saying the same thing to them. But it would just be nice. We want to do that, but it isn't so simple. And every time, I'm telling you, every time I go to preach a sermon like this, I have one of the most difficult weeks stressful go 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 can't slow down even if you want to even if you dig your heels and something's dragging you along and you know i'm writing this sermon i wrote this sermon a little while ago and I'm, i'm going over it and adding to it and i'm thinking you know i have to apply this to my own life i need to apply this to my own life and it's so difficult even if you're writing a sermon on it to apply it to your own life now i've come a long way in my life in this area but boy, I have a long way to go. So as we talk about this, and you're looking at me, and I'm looking at you, don't think I'm looking at you and talk, we're, I'm looking at you, you look at me, we look at each other, okay? Because we are all pretty much in the same boat here. Whether you, we realize it or not, we are conditioned by our culture. We are conditioned by our culture, the culture around us. But we have to take responsibility because in one way or another, we have given into this conditioning we have accepted this conditioning. We own this. We're a part of this. We may have, it may have been pushed on us, or it may have been slowly you know, creeping into our lives, but at some level, we bought into it, my friends. We have. We, as Americans, and I'm not sure about every other culture, uh, but as Americans, we have bought into some of this conditioning. We buy into the lie that we will not be happy We will not be content. We will not be loved. We will not be financially stable if we don't keep on the wheel, if we don't keep going, if we don't keep up with someone or something. You need to keep up. You, gotta keep going. you got to keep going. And if we don't do that, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to live the American dream. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be content. You're not going to be loved. People aren't going to love you and appreciate you or even like you. And you're certainly not one person here will be financially secure in the future. Our kids won't get into the right college if we don't run them into the ground as soon as they're born. As soon as they can smile, they should be doing something. Because they have to be one step ahead of that other little six-month-old. You know what I'm saying? You look at other kids, you're like, that kid's pooped twice in the service. Mike can only poop once. Uh, my kids got to keep up. You know, I'm squeezing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like you just, you're stressed out because, you know, you're looking around and this person can do this and your kid can't do that. And what, my kid's not going to make it into this school that I want them to get. And all of a sudden we put so much pressure on our kids because, you know, it's so important that they do, they do, they do, they do, they do, they do, so they can grow up and be just like us. You know what I'm saying? Stressed out, worked up. There's a battle. It takes place in our minds and our lives when we even attempt to, to, to discuss the idea of a simple life. Slowing down taking a little bit of a break. There's a battle that goes on in our minds. There's a spiritual part of us that says, this is a great idea. This is a really great idea because we know it'll bring balance to our lives. It'll make our lives simpler. We know it's going to build more meaningful relationships in our lives. We know that it'll it'll allow us to to lower our stress level. But then there's another side of us, another voice that speaks to us and says, are you crazy? Are you crazy? What are people going to think of you? You lazy bum, you. You're not, you're not running yourself to your dropping. You, what, you, you, what are people going to think of me if I don't put my kid in this and put my kid in that and do this and get involved in this myself and, and go, take on these four committees and, and do all these things? What are people going to think of me? And I'm certainly, my golden years are down the hill now because if I don't kill myself, I'm, you know, I don't have enough, whatever the case may be, by golden, and if my child doesn't have all the same stuff as this other child, and then my kid's not going to fit into this group, and life as we know it will come to a screeching halt. My whole family will go down the tubes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what they tell you. That's what that voice tells you. You're a bad parent. You're a bad parent if you don't do this, or you don't do this, or you're a bad student, you're a bad child, whatever the case may be, if you don't in some way keep up with all this stuff. We need to remember the benefits, my friends, of living a simplistic life, of living the simple life. We need to remember the benefits. Simplicity involves letting go of of life's complications, of, 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 of life's complications and learning to appreciate what God has for us. In the present moment, learning to appreciate that what God has for us right now—I mean, I've said this for years. I'm—I again, I'll admit, I'm better. I'm better, but I'm not. I have a long way to go. But I, I know, I'm you know, I'm, like, I'm like a lot of you. I mean, when do we ever stop and just appreciate what God has done for us yesterday, the day before, and just relax and enjoy it, thank Him for it. Appreciate where He has us right now in this part of our lives, and look around and see, God, what are what would you like to say to me now? We, we, we don't. We're always on to the next thing. What what's coming next? What's coming next? What's coming next? And we don't take the time to slow down and do that. Instead of longing for what we what we don't have or craving what we think we should have. We need to just take a step back and, and, and appreciate the here and now. If we, could just, if, if we could just get our minds out of what we think we should have and the longings of what we don't have, maybe we can just step back and appreciate the here and now. That's hard to do when your mind's constantly on something else, on what you don't have. And I use the word craving, craving, craving what you think you should have, where you think you should be in life. There's this craving, overwhelming desire to actually get there, and we need to get to that point in our lives Or, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? You see, we 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 don't really need to increase our goods nearly, nearly as much as we need to scale down on our wants, to scale back on what we want. We don't need that. You think that next thing's going to make you, happy, make you happy. we got to increase our goods, increase our goods. But What we need to do is scale back on what we actually want. That's what we need to do. Scale back. Not wanting something, listen to this, this is so true, okay? Not wanting something is as good as possessing something. Not wanting that thing is as good as possessing that thing. It's better. It's better. If you get to the ability in your life where you don't have to have it, you don't. The desire is not there. I was listening to the radio, and I never listened to. I don't dislike or I. I you know, John Tesh, great guy. He's a wonderful man. I just don't never get a chance to listen to him because I don't know what station he's on or whatever. But I heard him it was on the radio as I was driving, and he said, "Before you run out and go out and buy that big purchase, he said, give it one week. Just give yourself one week to think think it over, because maybe you'll realize you really don't need it." or you really don't want it in the first place, that's freedom. It's freedom not having the craving to go to the next thing and have the next thing and do the next thing. Oh, it's just, sometimes it gets overwhelming. When we change our thought pattern, we can start to get off this wheel We can start to get off this wheel that we're on. We can start to get into into a mindset that says, you know, I can invest in the lives of the people around me. I can get into a deeper level of communication with my friends, with my family, with my coworkers. I can start to connect with those people. I can start building relationship with those people because my friends, listen, people never share their hearts on the go. I promise, they don't. People never share their hearts on the go. That's one of the reasons I stopped the service in the very beginning. And I thought, if we just run through this, people want to come in. They're going to be overwhelmed. They're going to be crying. They're going to be hurting. They're going to be, oh, and they're going they're to come into church for something. And we're, you know what? We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to, what time is it? Oh, no. We, you know, people need to get out of here by a certain time. And if I haven't paid, I pray for people and then I won't be getting my sermon. Can we just stop and pray, right? Can we just stop and pray? So think about this even if i take the whole entire time and go over in my sermon can we just relax we're here worshiping the lord take a break if you need to be somewhere you can just get up and go no one's no one's stressed out about it but do we really need to we get ourselves in a pattern even in church we can't we can't even hear the spirit sometimes because we're so we got to we got to get to the next thing we got to do the well, we got to get people out of here by we need to slow down We need to put things in perspective. We need to allow God to speak to our hearts. And I'm telling you right now, in your family, in your relationships, no one shares their heart. No one shares what's going on in their lives on the go. You run and run and run and run and run. In the middle of running from this thing to that thing, you're going there. some of your wife or your, your, your husband's going to say, uh, can we talk about something really important here? I really feel. No one's going to say, I really feel, because they know they can't end the conversation or hardly even begin the conversation. You're not going to be paying attention, so no one's going to really share what's going on. Their kids aren't going to share with you what's going on in their lives because you're going and going and going. You're up and then and They go to bed and you get back up and zip, 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 and no one's really sharing what they're feeling in their hearts. There's so many people sitting out here who I know I'm telling the truth. No one even knows what you think. No one around you knows what you think. How you really feel, because you don't take the time to sit down and really talk to people at the, on a level where they're allowed to share what they're really feeling in their hearts. People don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Oh, I know so-and-so. No, you don't. You really don't. You don't know what's going on in their lives because you don't take the time the time to relax and focus and listen we wouldn't it be nice to live a simple life where if we'd started doing this when is the last time that you actually i'm not being cliche-ish here you actually smelled the roses stop and smell the roses really smell the flowers I have a pond in my backyard and my wife Debbie and I we go back there That's kind of our little oasis and the the buds were on the trees and we were sniffing those trees she said watch out with the bees the bee gets its own sniffing I, I moved them out I want to I want to smell I want to smell those things I don't want them to see them and they go by the wisterias I have wisteria in my backyard these big huge vines I've grown and and it didn't freeze them and so hopefully they'll be coming out and they are awesome and I know I'm going to do them and I get a chair I'm going to put my chair right in front of my wisteria and stare at it for like a half hour I promise. You ask me if I did that. I'm going to soak it all in. They only come once a year. They're amazing. They have these huge flowers that hang down. They smell beautiful and all kinds of hummingbirds and bees get all over them. They're gorgeous. But sometimes I can't remember they bloomed because I was running so fast that it was like, oh look, they're blooming. They're dead. They didn't last very long. They lasted plenty long enough. I just didn't take the time to actually look at them. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to look at those flowers, and I'm going to appreciate those flowers. I'm going to appreciate it. When was the last time you actually stared at a full moon and took it in? Full moons are beautiful. They are gorgeous. Oh, look, full moon. Right? Don't get a chance to look at it. Don't get a chance to appreciate it. I mean, this sounds really maybe kind of whatever, but when's the last time you actually smelled the air? You took the time. I was watching a movie yesterday. I actually wasn't watching it. I was kind of going from one place to another, and it was on. And it was this, this guy, this, the gentleman from China. He was in China, and he was planting uh, rice in the, in the fields, in the paddy fields. And, and he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was lagging behind because he just got there helping him out. And he started racing, and he's, you know, he's putting these things all over the place, tearing everything up. And, and all of a sudden, the wind blew, and everyone in the field just stood up like this. And the wind was blowing on them, and they all were just standing there, appreciating the wind blowing on them. They were taking deep breaths, and this other guy was like, "What are you people nuts? We got to plant, we got to plant rice. We got to plant rice. We got to plant rice." He kept on going. After a while, clip a couple, you know, scenes ahead. The next thing you know, they show basically him with everybody else just stand there appreciating, appreciating when the when the wind was blowing. That's what we got to do. We got to stand back and appreciate the wind blowing we got to appreciate God when was the last time you appreciated you took the time to just close your eyes and listen listen to God's creation listen to the birds listen to the sounds around you close your eyes and just listen to the things that are going on around you we're going to live our entire lives my friends we're going to live seriously we're going to live our entire lives and miss most of the things that really matter we're going to look back and say, why didn't I spend more time sniffing roses and running like a dog every place, carrying on? And why didn't I spend more time talking to this person instead of listening to this? Why didn't I spend more time just playing or doing some things with my kids instead of... Inst-? You know, you can, you can run your kids around so much you don't even spend time with them. I spend time with my kids, what, in the car going back and forth to the next event? I'm not picking on anybody, I promise. We're all in this together. I'm not saying it's wrong your kids to be in sports. It's not wrong. It's not wrong for your kids to be involved in school. It's not wrong for your kids to be involved in church. It's not wrong for your kids to be but maybe it's wrong for being them to be involved in everything to the point where they really don't have time where they're doing their homework till 11 o'clock at night they don't have time to really relax and enjoy themselves. Just a, just a thought. Just a thought. You know, raising two already um, and now being a grandfather and, and, and now with a, I have a five-year-old, Josh, and you know, I, I want to make sure that, that um, my, Josh, my son Joshua is not missing life, that he's not missing life, that he's enjoying himself, that he just just enjoy what God has created. You know, I don't want you to think of giving, living a simple life as giving up or forfeiting you know, pleasure or forfeiting security. What it is, my friends, it's taking control. That's what it is. Think of it for what it is. It's taking back control. It's freedom. It is freedom. It is absolute freedom from the endless craving and dissatisfaction Faction of this uh, that our world is engrossed in. We are the most, we are the most wealthy, most, you know, uh, we, we have so much luxury in this country, and I'm not knocking it, thank God we do, but we are so dissatisfied. You ever go on a mission trip? Almost every person I've ever taken on a mission trip for the first time, at one point during the trip or after says to me, Those people are so much happier than I am. They don't have anything, and they're so much happier than I am. You gotta ask yourself a question. If they have nothing and they're actually a little bit more content, I'll say that word, more content, then what, what, what's the problem here? Something's wrong. It's our culture with the complete dissatisfaction. They, they're engrossed in having to have more, do something, and then they're just so dissatisfied. You know, simple living, simple living brings less worry, not more. It does. It brings less worry, not more. In Matthew, I love this verse, and you've heard it, you've heard it before. I want you to listen to it again, though. In Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, it says, Therefore, I, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and the body more, not more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, this is important, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God is telling us, Don't worry about what everyone else has or what they think that you should have. But seek me first. If you seek God's kingdom first, he will give you, he will give you what you truly long for and that is contentment peace and joy in your hearts internally. In Philippians chapter 4 verses 12 and 13, Paul says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content, which is everyone's desire, in any and every situation. Holy mackerel. That's that's not in the Bible. It's just me. Whether whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul has an eternal perspective He sees life in context. We don't. We don't. He has an eternal perspective. His mind is focused on Christ. He he thinks first of the kingdom of God, and he he, he sees life in context. And so he, he can be himself, my friends. He can be himself. He can be himself. He can be content because he sees life in context because he has that eternal perspective. Wouldn't it be great if your friends loved you for who you are, not what you have? Wouldn't it be great if your friends really appreciated you, even if you took your mask off and you didn't have to put on the the big show form in school or or your job or whatever the case may be? Wouldn't it be nice just to be appreciated for who you are, just being yourself? that people would love you for for being. And you're not gonna know that unless you let God move in your life and you look at life from that simplistic standpoint and you have this contentment that Paul had because he had an eternal perspective. It didn't matter what anyone, what can man do to me? I need to live my life really the way God wants me to live it. A simple life gives us freedom. It gives us freedom it allows us to, to, to do things and, and be who we, we really are. I mean, this is amazing to me. You know, you think, you think we're not ourselves all the time. We're influenced by a culture that demands of us that we, we do or say certain things, but there's no freedom. Wouldn't it be, fr- wouldn't it be nice to, to be free to think the way you choose to think, to be? But well, here's what happens. We basically sell our souls to the highest bidders, We run, 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 and we do these things. We sell our souls to the highest bidders. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to do that? Now, I don't know what your political background is. This is just my opinion, okay? Not Democrat or Republican, just my opinion. I think most people, most people in Washington are bought and paid for. Okay? That's my opinion. Bought and paid for. You get so frustrated. Why would they do that? Why would they sign that? Why would they agree with that? Because they're bought and paid for. That's why. But I I can say that about them. Then I can ask myself a stinking question. Am I bought and paid for in some way? Am I free? Am I enslaved to anything? Am I a slave to something? Because when I read my Bible in in 2 Peter 2.19, it reminds me, for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. So many of us want to just be able to follow God. I just want to follow God. I just want to be, live that simple life and follow after God. But we can't follow God because we're in so much debt. We're not capable of following God and doing what God has called us to do because we're a slave to whatever has mastered us. And what's mastered us, us is it's not more than you need. It's just more than you're used to. That was a commercial about a car about two years ago. It isn't more than you need. I almost died when i heard this it's just more than you're used to you need this you want this you desire this you crave this and then you're stuck and then you're stuck in whatever wherever you're stuck and god says come follow me come drop your nets and follow me and you're hanging on to your nets because you can't let them go because you can't just follow him it'd take you 10 years if god spoke to you verbally you couldn't follow him because something has mastered you. It's not more than you need, it's just more than you're used to. Come get it. Come get it. You know what I decided? I decided that I'm going to get rid of a lot of my stuff. I, I, you know, I, I, I look, I just, I thought to myself, this is before the sermon, and I, I just thought to myself if, if I don't wear it, it's gone. If I don't use it, it's gone. If I don't have any, if this has no sentimental value to me, it's gone. If I haven't seen it in a year, it's gone right? It's gone because what are you doing? It's like, all this thing was going to bring me so much happiness that I was going to get. The thing behind the box in the basement behind the other box is going to bring such joy to my life. I I had to buy more shelves to put more stuff on to hide behind more places so I can keep all this stuff that was going to make me so happy. I look in the box and say, oh, it's like Christmas. You don't even know you had that. How many of you before the Lord, honest, honest, okay, have things hanging in your closet or things that you have never actually opened or wore? Be honest. Yes. See? You might as well just give them away. They're out of style by now. But you know, ooh, you know, it's not more than you need. It's just more than you're used to. Got to have it. Lin Yutang wrote this. Besides the noble art of getting things done, there is the noble art of leaving things undone. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. I say amen to that. There's another quote that I want to quote. It's, it's from William Morris. William Morris wrote this. Have nothing in your houses that you would not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. Because why have it? Simplify, simplify, simplify. Get, you, know what, you know what I thought about doing this week? Get all your stuff you don't need. The new to you thrift stores that we have, they're, they're, they're doing really well. I and mean, they're doing really, really well. You know why they're not doing even better, even more? They're not even more lucrative or more, more, they're not even making more money because they don't have enough stuff. So go through your houses, simplify your lives, bring it to new to you. We'll take the money. We'll invest it in the lives of other people and everyone wins. Get rid of it okay? You're hanging around, you're storing it, you're, 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 you're figuring out where to put it, and it's taking up the time that you could be spending investing in the lives of the people around you. You spend your Saturday figuring out where the stuff's going to go on the shelf instead of maybe hanging out at the park and smelling the roses or going fishing or something. Go fishing, I say. Go fishing. Dump it all and go fishing. I'm, I'm telling you, we, my friends, we, what, what happened to us I mean, we, we all grew up in this country, and, I, and I, again, I'm not, and I love America, I love being here, I don't want to go anywhere else, this is my place, I would fight and die for this, for this country, don't get me wrong, but something happened along the way, we got sold a bill of goods, we got bait and switched, if you know what that means, okay, bait and switched, and it reminds me of a story in Africa that I heard in Africa, okay, and here's the way the story goes, it's how to catch a monkey, you know how you catch a monkey in, in some parts of Africa, What you do is you're a hunter, you take some candy and some nuts and you find out where the monkeys are and you spread the candy and nuts all over the ground. And the monkeys come out and they're like, woo, hoo hoo just like that, they say that. You know what I mean? And they come out, and they're eating this candy and nuts, and they're as happy, and they're thinking, these humans are stupid, they're leaving all this candy all over the ground for free, and they tell their friends, free food, free food, and they all come down eating candy and nuts, and they're dancing, and they're singing, you don't see it because they do it when no one's around, and they're having a good old time, and then the dude, he does that for about two weeks, and then what he does, he, goes, he gets himself a gourd, or a coconut of some kind, he drills a hole in the coconut out of the gourd, it's a small, very small hole, very small, and he starts to put the candy and nuts inside the gourd of the coconut. And then he ties a rope to the coconut, and he ties the coconut to a tree. And then the monkeys come out, and they're thinking, you dopey human. I know that the candy and the nuts are in that coconut thing. And he takes his hand. The monkey gets his hand real thin, and he slides it into the coconut. And then he takes his fist, and he wraps around the candy. And when the hunter sees the the monkey with his hand inside the coconut, he walks out with a big club. But the monkey standing there thinking to himself, I'm not letting go of my free candy. I'm not letting go of my free nuts. I'm not letting go of that. These are mine. These are mine. The monkey clenches his fist. And you know what? While his fist is clenched, he can't get his hand out of the coconut. And so the dopey monkey sits there with his hand in the coconut, and the hunter walks over with a big stick and knocks him in the head and has monkey meal, okay? That's how you catch a monkey, my friends, unclench your fist. It is not free. What they're offering us is not free. We are going to pay a price for it. We pay a price. You're paying that price now. They've got you. My, my, my grandfather worked in a coal mine in, in, in Virginia, West Virginia. And my father used to tell me stories. Remember that song? Um, you load 16 tons or 15 tons. Sorry, I'm off. I'm off. And what do you get? Another day older and deeper. I'm pretty good, aren't I? Deeper in debt. And they, and, they, and they say, you know, oh, Papa, don't you tell me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. And what they're saying is that you work and you load all this coal and then you buy things from the store but it costs you more than they pay you. And then you owe your soul to the company store. I'm driving a church that's going through my mind this morning, and I'm thinking to myself, how, the more things change, the more they stay the same. What is the difference between my grandfather working in a coal mine and owing his soul to a company store and what they're doing to us right now with a credit card? You owe your soul to the company store. You can't just walk away from that. You're stuck. You're, you're indebted. You're stressed beyond belief. And what do they keep saying? It's not more than you need. It's just more than you're used to. Open up another account. Spend more money. It's not more than you need because we have to drive this economy. You're so, to not do that would be selfish of you because what will happen if we don't blah, 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 blah. Keep going. Keep going. I owe my soul to the company store. What is the difference, my friends, honestly? between my grandfather the more things are the more the more things change the more they stay the same they're just more sophisticated at it now just cuz you don't have a coal shovel in your hand doesn't mean you're not shoveling coal for the company store freedom Freedom, that's what I'm talking about here. That's what God wants to offer us. Freedom, the freedom to let go, to unclench your fist because they sold us a bill of goods. They sold us a lie. Our kids are exhausted. We we are getting sick from stress-related things that are going on in our lives. We've We've been, in a sense, bought and paid for. They lied to us. We've been lied to. We've been sold a bill of goods down the river, whatever you want to say. And I'm I'm telling you as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to use the minds that God has given us and we need to break free from what we've been taught, what we've been brainwashed to think. We don't need it. Not wanting it, see, this is what you need to believe. Not wanting that thing is better than owning that thing. The desire to not want it is better than owning it. You want to put some things, we've been deluded to, things that we, deluded to think that if we just go through our checklist, if we go through our checklist at the end of the day, then that day has been really productive. I have a checklist. I have a Franklin Speller. A friend of mine, Dave, let me go to this, this conference one time. I, got my, I love it. It works really well. But you know, that's not the end of my, that's not the end of my, uh, the, the be-all end-all of my life. If I checked all my things off, I, I, I've come to realize that. You want to put some things in your checklist that really matter? Put on your checklist, stare at my children in the face and tell them how much I love them. Stare at my children right in the eyes and tell them how much I love them. Take my wife on a date. Ask the Lord to help me be content in my own heart. Give to someone who is in need. Those are the kinds of things we need to have on our checklist. Tell my friend, tell my friend how much I appreciate them and their uniqueness and the gifts that they have those are the things that really matter we need to realize that we are strangers and first peter it talks about it says that we are strangers and aliens in this world we are strangers this is not our home this is not our home and we need to realize this is not our home. Hans Hoffman wrote, the ability to, simply, the, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that, we can, we, so that the necessary may speak. I love that. To, um, to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak. Here's the bottom line. Here's, here's the bottom line. We need to un, eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak. What's necessary? What is God trying to say to you that you can't hear because you're running so fast? What, oh, God, show me my purpose. God, show me the meaning of life. God, help me understand why I'm going through this. God, and God starts to speak, and you're like, oh, I got to go. Oh, wait one second. Right before I go to bed, Lord, we'll, we'll, chat, we'll chat again. But make it fast, because I got to go to sleep and get up next morning do my thing. Right? What is God trying to say to you that you can't hear because you're going so fast? What does your child want to say to you, want to say to you that you, you haven't heard because you're going so fast? What does your spouse need to say to you, but you can't hear it because you're going so fast? we got to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak. I promise you, what we're doing with our lives, I mean, just one other quick thing here. Um, how's it all working out for you guys with what we've been taught and how we've been living our lives? Is it all that was cracked up to be? Is the dream all that they said it would be? Is it? Is it? Is life going so swimmingly for everyone that it's, the, it's all that they said it would be? You know what? And they'll, here's, the, here's the last lie they'll tell you. It's right around the corner, another year. Boy, you just uh, you make a few more dollars, you buy that. You know, right around the corner, your your contentment is right around the corner. Your 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 happiness is right around the corner. Your your joy, your peace, right around the corner. All you need is to keep going, and you keep going, and it's right. I got you. You can't see it right now, but it's right around the corner. Lies, 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 and what that'll end up doing to you is you'll be old, laying on your deathbed, saying, "Why did I spend all of this time getting to the mountaintop when I got up there and there was nothing there except for myself?" I'm alone. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Stop believing the lie. Stop, start, believing, start believing the word of God, which tells us the truth. God wants us to live content lives. Paul achieved it. God wants us to live a life of joy and peace. You can have joy, peace, and contentment regardless of your circumstances, not happiness. Stop following after what they call this dream that one day you'll achieve and start seeking after joy and peace and contentment. Start wanting less instead of more. Get off the, get off the wheel. Get off the wheel. And don't let them lie to you that if you don't do this and if you don't do that, your whole family is going to fall apart. Everything's going to... No, it won't. No, it won't. You raise your kids... You, raise your, you, you, you work really hard at raising your kids, and your kids will end up just where they should be. God will bless you. He will bless them. They'll be right where they should be. If you left this earth today and you've invested in your kids already, they'll be right where they should be in 10 years. Don't believe all the lies that you've been told. God is in control. We're not. Follow after what he's called us to do, and we will find that contentment. Let's bow our heads.